0: Before we get to last night's baseball and yesterday's golf, how about Alvin Todorica? Of course, had a chance to talk to him last week. That conversation is up on the Unlimited Unloaded SoundCloud page. He is on quite a streak, and the league takes notice. The American Athletic Conference Players of the Week in Tennis are usually players that are one or two on their teams, rarely from the five spot, which is where Todorica has been racking it up to the tune of 11 straight wins. He was 2-0 in singles and doubles against two top 50 opponents. And yes, the American Athletic Conference Men's Tennis Player of the Week is a sophomore from Toronto, Alvin Todorica. Well done. Four more matches for the men, all on the road, all against conference opponents before the AAC tourney starts in Tulsa. Looking forward to my first trip with baseball in quite some time, not including, of course, the NCAA tournament last year. As far as regular season action, we did not take any trips last season, so we're getting on the bus, going to Orlando on Thursday, and getting ready for Friday, Saturday, Sunday action, or it could be Friday, Sunday, or Saturday, Sunday, with the rain forecast for Friday and Saturday. So last night, as the Bulls had put up double figures, 16 runs last Tuesday at FGCU, but double figures in their last three midweek games, all wins. Had a chance to do it again against the Bethune-Cookman team that like most, are going to be stretched thin when it comes to pitching. But also, for whatever reason, they do have another game tonight against Stetson. They're 5-1 and one in conference, clearly not going to make the NCAA tournament as an at-large. So their head coach decided to sit the top five, go- to sit the guys that were the top five batters in their order for all three of their games last weekend. In the case of Lake Fisher, awesome name from Dunedin High School, a local, but basically given half their lineup the day off. So they weren't going to threaten to score a lot of runs. And, in fact, the first inning, it was a tough one for Jack Siebert of the Bulls. Struggled with his control, walked a man with the bases loaded, and needed some help and got it with the bases loaded and one out. And, again, the Wildcats already up a run. And Bethune-Cookman leads it. And that could be two. Lane will get it at... Third over to Short for one, and oh, they got him! What a play all the way around. Lane to Ruiz, to Pena. What a big moment that could be in the game. I said it could be two off the bat, but it was not hit that hard. Now that play was not heard live on USF Bulls Unlimited, and I want to put this out here. Again, we said it on the air. Thank you, thank you, thank you to a follower by the name of Paul Wilson who basically tweeted, I'm just hearing static. So what happens is we connect on a internet line to get on the air, and sometimes if there's internet issues, the line drops, maybe one time out of a hundred. And it's not anything that we're looking at constantly, like are we, are we on the air? Are we on the, you just take it for granted you're on the air last night. We weren't, and it was an easy fix, but... If Mr. Wilson had not tweeted at me, I probably would have not known it. While that play wasn't heard, the rest of the game was. And again, my Twitter is at Derek Sharp, D-A-R-E-K-S-H-A-R-P. If anything like that happens, please let me know, even if we're off the air during the course of the day, not even during a live sporting event. So at the bottom of the first and the rest of the game were on, and their starting pitcher, Gabriel White, had similar issues to Jack Siebert in that he walked a couple, including two more with the bases loaded, Ben Rosenblum and Jackson Mayo both took 3-2 pitches that were well out of the zone. Their second pitcher was throwing strikes and the Bulls were hitting them. Not a bad job whatsoever for Asgard, one and two. Did strike out five in two and two thirds innings against UCF, so he's got decent stuff. 10 Ks, just one walk in six and a third innings. And that one is lined up the middle. There you have it. Just sitting there throwing heaters right across the plate. One roll score, terrible throw. Will allow two runs to score. And the Bulls extend their lead 4-1. to one. Cantu just ripped that fastball right up the heart. 4-1 to one was big because the way Siebert struggled in the first inning, 2-1 to one, probably wasn't going to be enough. And as a matter of fact, Siebert's day came to an end. The next two pitchers for the Bulls were also from Calvary Christian, Nolan Hooty and Tyler Dietz, the flamethrower. Hooty also walked a man and gave up two hits but got out of the inning. Dietz got another double play off the bat of Perez. And the Bulls would pitch nine different guys. Now, usually when you have a team throw nine pitchers, it's a long game. This one actually sped up. The first two innings took uh, 80 minutes, but the game itself, the typical three hours and 15 minutes for a midweek game wasn't that bad. In fact, the pitchers did a pretty nice job throwing strikes the rest of the way after three walks in the first two innings, the next four all did not walk anybody. Joey Vellini got in for his first action. He pitched the fourth inning. We are replaying the game, I would say. Highlight listening to that part. It was enjoyable. So Dietz threw 12 pitches, Vellini 17. And then it was Tommy Groom and Ethan Brown. Both throwing 14 pitches. How about Brown striking out the side? I thought maybe he was going to get awarded the winning pitcher. Obviously, this was not a typical situation. Your starter couldn't get it. Basically, Dietz was the first effective pitcher. And Volini, who struck out two, Brown was the only guy to record a clean inning I thought was going to get the winning decision, but that truly was a scores decision that could have gone a handful of ways. Austin Grouse, Caleb Punsack, and Devin Hemingway finished things off. Punsack struggled, walked a pair as they got a run in that inning. But the rest of the night was about the long ball. Two of them in the third inning, and then the sixth inning saga of Bobby Bozer. Enjoy. Oh, that ball's drilled to right field. That has got to be out of here, and it is. Jackson Mayo absolutely lined that one out, and you know it when he when he gets it. And he's gotten it five times now in his freshman year. Jackson Mayo makes it five to one. Oh, Cantu gets underneath that one, but I think he still might have gotten enough of it. The outfielders are confused, and they're just going to watch it sail out of here. The right fielder gave up on it. Then Fables said, well, I might have a chance. Sorry, Mr. Fables. Daniel Cantu certainly can do. Does have a home run. He can crush the ball. We saw it here. I believe that was a midweek Tuesday night game against FIU. If I'm not mistaken, and of course, I could always be. Oh, he hammers that ball deep to left. And is it fair? It better be. It's just foul. Oh, man, oh, man. That was one where everybody stopped running. I mean, to tell you, he destroyed that baseball. Still 10-1 to 1 Bulls, one in here in the bottom of the six. Very nearly out of Baker's dozen there. One and two, runners on the corner, still two away. And that one could have been straightened out. Doesn't have the distance, it's definitely gonna be fair. And boy, he had that coming. Bobby Boser, the old it out kid, With his second career home run. I think he just hit two balls about a thousand feet. One of them will count, and go ahead and mark it down. It's 13 to one. That first one is worth watching again, but you can't see the ball. I mean, it just disappears into the night. What a fun time that was. And oh, by the way, that was the bottom of the sixth inning. He was the first of six straight pinch hitters put up by Billy Mole. I was almost positive at that point that this was going to be a game where the run rule was in effect. Because in baseball, sometimes teams agree, midweek game, to put in a 10-run run rule and you go seven innings. So I figured the Bulls were... Pinch hitting everybody in the bottom of the sixth. They'd finish up in the top of the seventh. No, it was a full nine inning game. Really not much happened in the last three innings. Should mention in the fifth that Roberto Peña added a two-run single and the Bulls win thirteen to two. They had ten hits and ten walks. They had three homers. You heard them just now. Four RBI by Cantu was a career high. He actually came up with two on later. I thought he was going to tack on, you know, three more in one swing. That didn't happen, but the Bulls have won six in a row. And we'll talk more about their next series on Friday's show. Again, no show tomorrow. Both men's and women's golf finished up their events. The Chattanooga Classic, the women finished in sixth place in a field of 20, had their best round in round two on Monday. Yesterday, shot a five over par, finished 23 over as a team. Texas San Antonio edged North Florida. They were going back and forth at the top of the leaderboard all day long. The winning score was five over par, so 23 over. Much better than... Well, schools like Indiana, which finished at 91 over, Iowa was 47 over, the host Chattanooga was 47 over, so the Bulls at 23, pretty good. In fact, East Carolina, the other conference foe, was four shots behind them in seventh place. Again, another top-five finish for Melanie Green. She shot two over for her final round. Morgan Baxendale had a nice round of one under par. Anna Maria Barriga was one over and both Leo Maderos and Juliana Camargo were three over for a solid round, three for the Bulls. On the men's side, they were hoping for a top-five finish, settled for tied for eighth, even though they had their best score of three under par. The Bulls at five under par at the Valspar Collegiate in Palm City. You had four top-ten teams in this event. The Bulls finished tied with one of them, Texas Tech, and one of them, 10th-ranked Pepperdine, just crushed the field. 34 under par, 14 strokes better than FSU. Yesterday, Albin Bergstrom had his best round of the three days at two under par, 69. He finished tied for 22nd. Run Yuprayong was the top 20 bull at 17 under par. He had an even round yesterday. So did Shubham Jaglan. Sam Nicholson was one under par for a solid finish for USF. Speaking of finishing, both teams have one event left before the conference tournament. For the men they'll go to Arizona. The idea being that's the state that the national championships will be held in. For the women, they're going to North Carolina next week because the conference tournament is also in North Carolina. When I say tournament, of course, the champion gets an automatic invite to the NCAA field, while the women have to win the conference tournament, more than likely the men. Probably not, but they want to finish strong. They haven't had the spring that they have been accustomed to. That's going to wrap it up for Bulls Beat. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday. Thanks for listening. I'm Derek Sharp.